Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that talks exclusively about the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, and on this week's show, in part one, we discuss Chelsea's return to the top of the WSL thanks to the 2-1 win over Manchester United at Kings Meadow. In part two, we round up the latest news from Kings Meadow and a catch-up on the latest transfer news. In part three, we look ahead to our next fixtures against Manchester City in the Conti Cup and Bristol City in the league. And in part four, we've got your emails. This is episode nine of Went to Mo Kings Meadow entitled, We Are Top of the League. Now, before we get started, we need your help to spread the word about the podcast. So if you enjoy what you hear, tag us in a tweet, share us on Instagram, or how about leaving a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts as it helps other supporters find the show. We'd really appreciate your support. Uh, now, joining me this week, as ever, is my wonderful co-host, Jane. Jane, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Looking forward to talking about the topics in the podcast this week. Yeah, should be a good one. Um, also joining us this week, I'm delighted to say, is the poster boy and Instagram supremo of the Chelsea fan cast, Dame Whittle. Dame, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks for that uh, for that welcome. Yeah, yes, really, really pleased to be here. It's nice that we've got a, uh, a Chelsea women's podcast and hopefully we'll keep rising with uh, views and uh, followers and uh, listens. Well, with the poster boy of the fan cast on, we'll definitely get some extra views. <laughs> <I'll try>. um, <laughs> By the way, he get... said he'd say that. I, I told him he'd to say that. <laughs> before we get into the game, Dane, we um, have a little tradition now of letting our guests talk us through their Chelsea history, um, how they got into supporting the team and following the women in particular. So, um, Dane, over to you. Oh, yeah, I'll keep it short and, and sweet. Obviously, you know, this is the way to plug the My Chelsea that the Chelsea fan cast did. And obviously, I'll go into more detail there. But I was obviously born and bred in the area. Uh, you know, first started uh, hanging around the ground because I was in five. We used to live five minutes from, from Stamford Bridge, five minute walk. You know, I'd mix in with the players, started going mid 80s. Uh, and uh, how did I first, that was obviously the men's, I first, we heard about the women's uh, early, I think early 90s. I started to, obviously, in, in my teen years, uh, started to, girls within the area started to play to, for the Chelsea, in those days, the Chelsea ladies. So they started to get word round, but I think it was very poorly run, uh, and obviously not as professional as it is now. And over the years, they've got bigger and, and, and better. Uh, I come from quite an American background, uh, you know, what with tra traditions and habits and everything, I've been brought up that way. And so we've always made quite a fuss when uh, Americans have come over to play, you know, English sports. So I first actually got into uh, the Chelsea ladies when Laurie Fair come over, who was quite a big deal within the American game. She, you know, really good midfielder. She came over, I think, about 10, 12 years ago, you know, over 100 caps for America. Unfortunately, like, she didn't play a lot. She got a really bad knee injury. And uh, I think she missed a lot of that season. But that's when I first started notice for the then ladies, obviously, when our women's, that was about 12, 12 years ago. And since then, we, you know, obviously, we've, we've had a couple of American players. But it's been more about how, how much I've enjoyed, how, how the game has risen. You know, I've been to a few games. I went to Wembley uh, for the final when... Uh, we'd be Arsenal 3-1. I just love the atmosphere. I, I, I uh, the women's game, you know, it's not as, it's, it's not as, if I can stereotype, sometimes you, you, it's quite angry, like the men's game and, you know, you can sort of not as enjoy it much more, but, you know, I really understand this. It feels like a more of a togetherness, you know, watching the women and, and it's just, you're all on the same page and there's not as much anger and, 
you know, just the way people react to, you know, letting in goals or, or scoring goals. And yeah, I, I really like it. Yeah, you spoke about your sort of American background there. Well, what have you sort of made of the recent sort of surge of American players coming over to... Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I, I don't understand the Alex Morgan. That's a strange one. Alex Morgan going to going to Tottenham. That, that didn't seem right from... from I, don't, I don't know if, obviously, a lot of the players, uh, the other like, other players, and she's like sort of jumping on the bandwagon. I know there was rumours of her coming over here two years ago, but she went to... Was it Leon instead? Uh, but I know we had, we had Crystal done for a little while. I think that was only supposed to ever be for a season because she had a deal in place within the country. I know we we had Ali Riley, although she I think she she plays for she's she's New Zealand international. She's American. She's American all her life, so she's sort of like a doctor as one of their own, our own. Uh, even though she she plays for New Zealand, I yeah, it's this this season has really stepped up what with uh, the, the two at City the two at United, but they don't seem to be playing as much as I thought. Uh, I was very happy when Tobin Heath didn't come on. Uh, she is, she is, everyone will, will make, will make a fuss about Rapineau and Morgan, but she is one, she's my favourite American player, her and Julia Hertz, who plays in Chicago in, in America. Yeah, I was so happy she didn't come on because she is dangerous. Again, another one, you don't really know what's going on there. She didn't, I was worried she was going to come on. And do you know, it's in the 85th minute, they showed her a footwear and she had like Jordan trainers on. She was like, well, she definitely ain't coming on then. She ain't even got her football boots. Kristen Press, yeah, she she was she was in and out of the game on on Sunday. She uh she she she's not she's not usually in the first team for the American women. She she's like more in and out for Rapinoe's not playing. Tobin Heath obviously plays regularly uh who else oh rose lavelle at man city very good she's a very good player young as well still young for for 25 i think she is yeah it seems like more of an influx but the game in america is slowly the money is is is, is really tight uh, uh a lot of clubs are struggling over there if obviously alex morgan is at orlando pride and you know she's been loaned out a couple of times now but the money is struggling. I remember there, there's, a, there's a Scottish manager, I think Tom Somani or something. He was the Orlando Pride manager three years ago. And he he said he'd come over to Chelsea and, and was chatting to a couple of, of people to try and get an influx of players. And if you think the American leagues have always been way above, especially in the women's league money, and he said he couldn't afford the wages uh, of the English players. Now, I think this, the, you know, the, the women's league is the best in the world by far now. That's why you're going to see a lot more people wanting to come over here. Yeah, I think you know, for me growing up, there was the movie Bending Like Beckham, which was the only female football film and movie, and that was all about playing in America and breaking yeah. over there. And I think you know, they really made that now. I think definitely they want to play in the WSL. Um, well, they've struggled. Yeah. The American League have struggled really big. You know, they folded a couple of times and come back a year later, changed their name, and they are struggling again now financially. Yes, hopefully we can see um, a few more of the American talents, obviously World Cup winners. You know, there's some fantastic players, and the more we see them, the bigger the game is going to grow. Yes, so yeah. And yeah. um, getting back to Chelsea, um, favorite player of the, of the team? I really like Melda. I there's just something about her that you know I've seen her play in numerous positions: right back, centre back, uh, centre midfield. Am I correct? She's Nor Norway's captain. Is that is she? She their captain? I'm sure. When she yeah, played, she's Norway's sure. captain. I, I really like her. There's just something about her. Obviously, I've, I've always had, you know, we all follow 
Frank Kirby and and you know we're so good to see her so, looking so good at the moment, positive, smiling. So we've all got a little soft spot for her. For some reason, I've always liked Melda. She, uh, yeah, I just like her. Even uh, Sunday when I was watching, you know, a couple of good tackles in, a couple of good passes, a couple of good crosses. She's just one of those players that all teams need, and you wish you had like two, three, or four of them can play in numerous positions, where their heart and their sleeve, captain material, a bit like going back to the men's of seven years ago when we had like five, six captains within that team. Uh, I think the Chelsea women have got, again, five, six, seven captains, which obviously you can only have one, but you look across that back four, you, even the goalie, she's, she's inspirational. A few of the midfielders, they're all captain material and uh, that's what you need to be a successful team. Lots of leaders. Yeah, there's a great uh, video from the game where Marin uh, nutmegs Leah Gorton and leaves her on the yes. floor and carries on. That was a great yes. video. And a, cu- a couple of times she put a couple of tough tackles on her as well, let her know she was there, whether she meant to do it or not. But uh, yeah, she, she's, she is my favourite player. You, you spoke about um, being at Wembley as well. Is that sort of your favourite highlight of sort of following the team or is there another memory? Yeah, yeah because I've, we, since we moved out, uh, out of London it's hard to get to I can't sort of justify coming back I'm a season to cut older with the men's coming back to watch the men's and then coming back to watch uh, the women so you know it, it, it's few and far between getting to see the women so my daughter is massively into it uh, my wife you know she can take it or leave it she, she's a busy woman she understands it you now she knows all the stats she's she's lived it her whole life and she, she enjoys you know just coming and being involved so for that day I took so four of us went, me, my wife and my two daughters. The other daughter's not really interested, so she, she came because she had no choice. Yeah, the atmosphere, uh, it was really good. You know, we had so much Chelsea within and I said, just so much more a togetherness feeling. Uh, you had a couple of stereotypical loud men in there, uh, which they, they must have got confused and thought they was at the men's game, the way they were talking and shouting. But yeah, it was a, it was a great atmosphere. It was a wonderful occasion. I put it similar to when 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 I'm holidaying in America watching the MLS, the men's the men's soccer over there. It's just you just got more of a uh, just a, a good feel to it. But it's so impressed that day. Uh, uh, who scored two? Uh, she's left now. Uh, of a winger. Uh, so Fran got one, and who got two? Ramona Backman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. She had a great game that 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 day. Uh, she scored two. And I think who scored for Arsenal, she's still there now. Uh, she always scores for them. Uh, I can't remember the names of the Dutch striker. Uh, but anyway, it was 3-1. It was great and Chelsea thoroughly deserved it. It was a great, great, great atmosphere, great time out, really good day. Um, so thanks for that, Dane. That's really good um, sort of insight into your background and I'm sure people enjoy that sort of American aspect of it as well. Um, should we get into the game now? Um, Jane, run through the uh, vital information for the match. Um, Chelsea lined up for this one in 4-2-3-1 formation with Anne Katchenberger in goal, a defence of Marmielda, Millie Bright, Magda, Magda Eriksson and Jonna Anderson. Melanie Lurpos and G was in midfield. Frank Kirby, Erin Cuthbert and Peniel Harder were all supporting Sam Kerr up front. Emma used three of her available substitutions, bringing in Sophie Ingle and Beth England on for Harder and Kerr in the 69th minute and Guru Wrighton on Fiji in the 75th minute. That left Carly Telford, Hannah Blundell, Jess Fleming, Neve Charles and Drew Spence as the unused subs. Stats-wise, Chelsea had 52% possession to United's 48%. 17 shots on target. 17 shots, 6 on target to United's 5 shots, 1 on target. 
We had three corners, United had one, and we committed nine fouls to United's 11, both picking up one yellow card each. So let's get um, straight into the action. Jane, as we discussed last week on the preview, um, United pressed very high early on, didn't allow Chelsea no time on the ball. It was a really frantic start, wasn't it? Yeah, I was quite I was quite nervous watching it. I was like, this is either going to go one way or the other. We obviously did have a couple of chances, but then I was like, United's defence is doing well to keep us out. So I was like, this... I didn't think... I'll be honest, I didn't think we was actually going to win the game because of the way they started out. But obviously, I'm glad we did eventually. Yeah, I mean, despite that um, high pressure from United, Chelsea found a way to get behind them time and time again. Um, Sam Kerr, several chances in the first 15 minutes. Um, she didn't quite have her shooting boots on, though, did she, Dane? No, no, I was, yeah, I, I was saying to you, obviously, before we started, that very similar to Werner, you know, she plays through the middle, uses her pace to get her out of problem and score a lot of her goals, likes to drift to the left. But like Timo at the moment, she seems to be struggling a bit in front of goal. Uh, I remember looking down at the, I, I, it was a little bit back and forth before she had a few of her chances. I remember looking down at the, at the clock and thinking, wow, it's only six minutes gone. But then, you know, I think, by 20th minute, I think she'd had about three or four chances. And I was hoping that she was either going to get one, obviously, or I was hoping one might fall to Fran because she's very good one-on-one. -on -one. And obviously, without getting ahead of ourselves, one did later on. But yeah, you was a bit worried. I thought, we, yeah, Chelsea should have been, we, we Chelsea should have been two, three, four up. I thought they had half chances. We had, you know, fairly clear cut. One-on-ones are not easy, though. If you look at all the best strikers, a lot of them are instinct. One-on-ones they do struggle with. Yeah, I don't think it helped too much. The commentators kept saying they're going to rue these missed chances, they're going to rue these missed chances because mm. you put in your head that United are going to come and score a goal. Yeah, um, yeah. And our heads. Yeah. Jane, should we be worried that Sam Kerr's missing chances like that or should we still be pleased that she's showing you know, great link-up play and being able to um, make the chances? I don't think we should be worried. She, like at the beginning, like when she first joined, she obviously didn't score for a while. At the beginning of this season, she didn't score. And then she started like, she'd miss quite a few and obviously got so much hate for it, for missing goals and everything. And then she came like in the West Ham game and she scored a hat-trick. I think all players are going to miss shots. So there's nothing to be, and she's been given really good assists, obviously her and Fran have been linking up really well. So I think it's just a matter of time. Once she'll get one, she'll obviously have a momentum back. Yeah, I think there's definitely more positives to take from you know, Sam's game than, than negatives. There's a, a good moment, actually, but she missed one of the last chances before the 20th minute and the camera went to Emma. And she just looked confused as hell as to how Fran missed the goal. I thought that was quite uh, funny to watch. Um, so after that frantic exchange, the game settled down a bit and you could see the game plan from Emma. Um, using G in that midfield to try and break that United press and move quickly through the ranks, you know, as we did time and time again in that first half. Um, we eventually got the breakthrough that came in the 29th minute. Uh, Cuthbert with a great corner. Magda got a header clear off the line. Kirby hit the post and then Harder was able to squeeze the ball past the defenders on the line. Dana deserved opener for Chelsea after their opening performance. Oh, yeah, without doubt, without doubt. And it's, it's funny how, how, as you said, for the first 20 minutes, we opened them up with, with a couple of one-twos, and uh, which left us, Sam Kerr with, a couple, with quite a few one-on-ones. So, then to us to score like a bit of a scrappy goal 
think it was originally from a corner or obviously a free kick. Uh, yeah, Harder. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was a great goal. I, I, when when it fell to Kirby, I thought she was going to put it in, but I'm so glad that Harder was there. I actually thought, well, if Kerr scores today, she'd probably score one like that, where she just obviously instinctively just reacts to, you know, it bobbling around the box. But yeah, I think it was more more than deserved. Yeah, I think it definitely helps as well that, you know, Kerr misses. Okay, now Kirby can have a shot. Uh, Kirby misses. Okay, here's mm-hmm. been harder to have a shot. You know, um, that much. Yeah. Well, going, going back to Kerr, though, I would only worry if Chelsea wasn't... Chelsea are a massively successful team, one, uh, one of the best in, in women's football. You start to worry if you're not winning games. Uh, they're not relying on her to score goals at the moment. So, you know, we can get away with it and hopefully she, she can rediscover that goal-scoring touch. But... Whilst they're winning games, it's fine. Yeah, like you said, 31 unbeaten. So, mm. a joint record now with Man City. So, you can't really complain about the players too much. And, you know, no. to be fair. And like you said, it felt it, 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 it fall to Kirby, it could fall to Harder. You know, Cuthbert's got a goal in her, you know. So much there. Absolutely. Now, I know we said in the lineup it was a midfield two of Leopold and, and G, but often we find ourselves with Leopold on our own in that base of the midfield because obviously G focused more on, on the attacking side of the game. Um, I worried before kickoff that United's quality going forward, you know, the way they overlap and load the middle of the park would allow them sort of space in the middle because there's no only one midfielder there. And they gave us a warning just before half-time, an offside goal. Uh, Toon got behind newer poles at the base of that midfield, played a good through ball through. Luckily for us, we got our offside trap just right and we just pushed up enough to get an offside decision there. Jay, we've discussed the midfield a few times on this show. Um, do you think we should suffer a bit more with our attacking ability to stabilise that midfield in the bigger games? I know Emma's used G to try and break that press, but United did have joy with, you know, tune in the middle, linking up with Gordon from the wing. I think we work better with Leopold's G and Cuthbert all back in that midfield. Obviously, Cuthbert can play up higher if she needs to but I think it's better to stick stick with maybe a three in midfield against stronger teams like United just so we've got that there in place Now in the second half United didn't press quite as much maybe a bit tired from their you know frantic start to the game um, but again they highlighted Chelsea's weaknesses in, the, in that midfield when they got their equaliser on the hour mark uh, Lauren James easily got past G and play the one-two with Toon, who had got past Leopold's again. That dragged Millie Bright out of position. James beat her to the ball and called in a beautiful strike uh, past Berger in goal. Dane, for me, it's a disappointing goal to concede because it's something that I picked up before the game, you know, that midfield area. Um, you could kind of see that coming. But on the other hand, it was a real moment of quality from Lauren James, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, because you if you think if, if G is not in there, you've got loopholes and maybe Ingle, but very too very defensive and that would make us more solid but then you're missing out of G unless you push her up more yeah that that was uh, that was that was world class from from Lauren James you know once we found out about eight or nine months ago that uh, Reese's sister was playing for Man United and then we saw how good she was she she was she was spearheading the United attack before the uh, the American girls came over uh, well, I was sort of hoping that, that you know you might be able to put a word in, and she, at one point she might end up at Chelsea. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a beautiful finish, you know, inside of the foot, you know, curved round Berger's hand. Yeah, it was a great goal. And sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, you know, that was that was that was just a, a great great piece of play. I think 
in the whole game, I think that was probably United's best spell. I think overall we, we had probably about two thirds of that game. And that was when uh, they was probably at their most dominant and they scored and uh, well, it was it deserved. It was just a great piece of goal, great goal. Yeah, there is a rumour though that Lauren misses London. Um, hmm. Like come back with her family, so you never know what could happen. And um, with yeah. Emma, um, I don't know where she would fit in with the rest of the strikers we've got, but she finds a way, doesn't she, to keep them all happy? Yeah, four at the back and five up front. <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, Chelsea though responded fantastically. With Kerr had an opportunity almost immediately after the goal. Again, she shot straight at the keeper and and missed. Uh, but just four minutes later, we did get that second goal with Kerber quickest to react to Berber's long kick up the pitch. Uh, Jane, last week, it was the Frank Kirby show and she continued to show her amazing form on Sunday, didn't she? Yeah, I think she played brilliantly. Obviously, last week on the podcast, I spoke about I was hoping she'd get a start again just where she was on that great form from last week. And I think she deserved to get another goal to show everyone that she's determined to get more and she's not stopping at all and for her to get the ball from Berger's kick from the goal and manage to run I think there was three United players up there with her to run past them all and manage to score was just brilliant yeah her work rate is you know what really impressed me with her um Dane last week we said that Kirby was our goat our greatest of all time um your thoughts on her so can I just ask when did Emma make the substitutes was that uh, one nil or was it, I think it was at 1-0, wasn't it? And didn't they score quite similar? Anyway, you know, I was a little bit worried when they, I think, because when, because I thought our pace really scared the hell out of United. So by taking off harder and Kerr, I was worried we, we was uh, taking away, you know, our one threat they didn't like just to make us more solid. But obviously it worked. Uh, Kirby is is an amazing player. And I know she's had, you know, I don't obviously know. I don't know what she's gone on on off the field you know she's, she's clearly had problems she's dealt with them well to come back the way she is uh yeah i think she's world class uh it was right we said she, she just her determination her work rate is just amazing she i don't it frustrates me i know emma's got no choice emma hayes but it frustrates me when she plays like left or right because she's she she could be she could go into probably any team in the world and play as the center forward second striker she's so good centrally as you said she run past those main night defenders like they they wasn't there she's never lost to that pace if anything she, it seems like she's got faster and she's probably you probably think she's i'd love to see her uh, her rate of uh, finishing chances it's got to be high because you don't see her missing a lot a wonderful player so wonderful to watch she seems like a lovely i remember uh, years ago when my daughter uh you know, she's massively into football, as I said. Uh, and we, I took her to the club shop to get a, a shirt. And she, she was watching, you know, the women play. But she didn't, like, it, say she, she she wanted to get Kirby on the back. So I was, I was like, who do you want then? Hazard, you know, like Costa. She went Kirby. And I was like, oh, wow. And, I, you know, we, we got it. And just out of interest, I, I you know, I put it on my Twitter. I said, uh, oh, yeah, look, I took my daughter, who was probably 14 or 13 at the time, you know, to get, she, she said no to Hazard because she want Kirby, and she actually responded, which she didn't have to do that, but it's so nice. She, she didn't just like a tweet, like, it's the easy way out. She responded, uh, she put, like, you know, a little answer, and I thought that was, that was amazing, just showed the sort of person she is. Yeah, she's definitely a fan's favourite around King's Meadow, isn't she, Jane? Yeah, everybody loves her. She's like, we want to like protect her at all costs. Like if a player brings her down, 
like the fans are like stop like she needs she needs to be protected at all costs she's fantastic and she's so lovely with everyone she'll always like spend time to talk to you yeah well she's definitely under the right manager at the moment um mm. united had one more big chance in the game 72nd minute um james linking up with tune again um she shot just wide uh, but chelsea really used their experience to see this game out didn't they jane yeah, I think we done well to only let them have that one goal. Obviously, it was gutting that we like conceded that one goal, but we done well to hold them out and not let them get any more in. Yeah, I want to mention just Guru Wrighton, who came on in the seventy fifth minute, just for the last fifteen minutes. She proceeded to just beat United up. There's a few videos of <laughs> absolutely hammering into players. I thought that was great. Um, but what? caught my eye about the team, Dane, and I hope, uh, wonder if you saw this as well, you know, the willingness and desire to work hard from all the players right through to full time, despite having, you know, exerted so much energy already, they just carried on ploughing through till that final whistle. Yeah, it was, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of a fine balance between a dogged display, but then I don't want to undercut how better I thought Chelsea was than, than Man United. I think, you know, so easy to look at the scoreline and say it was a tight game or to listen to the commentators who were trying their best to make it sound like it was a tight game. Now, I thought Chelsea were uh, far superior. I, I was really impressed with Lou Poltz. I thought she had a dogged display. She swept up. Yeah, sometimes the ball gets in behind her, but she, like, she was just there putting out flat fires, closing and pressing that Man United midfield. Cuthbert as well. Again, you know, her, her close control with the ball was, is so impressive and her vision... I just thought everyone, even harder, you know, you, you look at this, this is, she's come at being classed as the best player in the world, rightly, you know, voted. Uh, and she usually plays centrally and she's like doing a, a job for the team, you know, like uh, more shifting out to the right. Uh, very impressed. And I thought there was the perfect balance. I thought we opened them up at will and we, we, we everyone was on the same, you know, playing from the same hymn, hymn book. They were all, all, all brilliant. Very impressive. Yeah, Jane, we speak a lot about attacking talents on this you know, podcast, but you know, this is really a showcase of why we are the champions and you know, unbeaten as well, because you know, in boxing when someone's a bit smaller than you and you put your hand out on their head and they just swing punches at you but they're not near your body. It felt like that in the last sort of end of the game, didn't it? What we do with our kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It felt like that. It definitely was like a showcase of why we are champions and like at the obviously prior to the game, us and United were only the only two teams in the WSL to be unbeaten. So I think it was it was such a big game. Personally, I thought it was bigger than maybe one when we played against Arsenal and Man City, just because it meant it meant more because obviously going top of the league after and where we want to keep our unbeaten streak as well, we was determined to just get the win. Yeah, absolutely. Jane, um, talk us through the player of the match vote and how that panned out online. So the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group did their poll after the game on Twitter. The options were Frank Kirby, Aaron Cuthbert, Melanie Lurpos and Peniel Harder. Lurpos got 5% of the vote, Cuthbert got 15%, Harder 17% and Kirby was the runaway winner with 63% of the vote. Jane, I'd like to get your sort of thoughts on that and how you saw the game because... Quite frankly, I'm shocked that Erin only got 15% of the vote and was the third choice in that poll. 
Yeah, I would have. I would. I agree with Kirby being. I suppose it's how many how many people show that loyalty to the player they see. Yeah, I thought Lupoltz and and Cuthbert could have been more. Obviously, it depends on how many people actually voted. Uh, I suppose with our own eyes, then we could just give them the respect they deserve uh, and say how well they played. You know, that's the whole point of this podcast. You know, to praise people and and, and as I said, from you could have had obviously eleven. I think Kirby. W- w- was the uh, player woman of the match, but you could, you know, all, all the other 10 and the subs were just amazing. Uh, I think everyone stuck to the game plan. Everyone stuck to their job and they should be so proud of themselves because you're right, because, you know, we're so used to seeing Arsenal and Man City, Man City in recent years and Arsenal have obviously, you know, been successful over the years, but Man United are now the new sort of pretenders and they came with a game plan. You know, Casey Stoney, ex-Chelsea, another very, very dogged sort of uh, a manager who will set a team up with instructions and they will, will stick to them. Uh, and I thought we were more than deserved it. I thought yeah, it was a very, very, very encouraging win, performance, victory. Yeah, I definitely sort of agree with that. Yeah, no complaints with Kirby winning because obviously she scored the goal and she worked tirelessly again for this team. Um, Jane, what did you make of the vote and who was your player of the match? Um, I think it would have... I would have said either Kirby or Cuthbert. Obviously, Kirby did get the winning goal, which obviously got us the three points. But then I do think Cuthbert did have a brilliant game on Sunday, so she did equally deserve it. Yeah, so maybe um, we need to push her more votes for Cuthbert, seeing as she's my favourite player. Just um, Oh, is she your favourite player then? Yeah, I love her. Yeah. yeah. I um, got a quote from Emma after the game. She said that um, Casey has a tremendous team that are challenging us. United are the best team we have played this year. They're a tough side. The difference was experience. The game plan worked. The players executed what I asked of them. Um, Jane, United the best team we faced. Do you agree with that? I think I think they were. I definitely think it was the most challenging game. Obviously, we played Arsenal. Uh, was it last? Yeah, last year before Christmas. And obviously going into a game, any game against Arsenal and City have always been the games to watch, like the games against the top teams. But since United have come up, I think United are just equally as good as the top like the top teams, Arsenal, us and Man City. And I think slowly they are getting better. Like they've been top of the league for quite a few weeks now. So to show they are get they are getting good and they are one to watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dane, on another day, this game ends possibly 4 or 5 1 to Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. So, Emma says her game plan was executed and the players did what they asked. Um, you know, she is right, but sort of, do you feel she would have been wanting a bit more from the attacking players? Well, as, as we said earlier, didn't we? We said, you know, while you're winning, you can get away. Well, you can get away with Kermis in chances. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think. We had obviously a lot more chances than I can remember than we had against Arsenal. I dislike playing Arsenal because where I'm at a little bit older, I, I remember Arsenal uh, women being so dominant for years. Then you have lots of dislikes like in the men's, you know, growing up with Liverpool and Man United winning all that, that never goes away. So with this game, I was a little bit more relaxed. I, I Like you both said, I, was, I, I knew that Man United are the new pretenders and they have been really pressing. They're trying to break that, that, that free uh, of recent years, probably more Chelsea, Man City domination. Even though Arsenal did win the league, they 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 haven't been as dominant as they were. 
but I yeah, I think sometimes you just you, you, you forget the score, you take the three points and you just see how how uh, how the performance was it was it was amazing and you know it was so much it was a very generous two one uh, to them if that makes any sense because it, you're right it was a on another day it was a five six seven one if we're being generous maybe give them two Kristen Press should have maybe done better but yeah no I think it was a dominant display more than the scoreline would led us to believe. Yeah, I mean, look at those um, 17 shots, six on target compared to five shots, one on target. You know, that really tells more of the story of the game than perhaps the scoreline. Um, Jane, how does the league table look after that victory? So Chelsea have now moved back to the top of the WSL table on 26 points. Sorry, Manchester United... Sorry, could yeah. read that again for me. Sorry. <laughs> Chelsea have now moved back to the top of the WSL table with 26 points. Manchester United are second, but they are also on 26 points. Arsenal third, they are on 23 points. Manchester City fourth on 21 points. Then you've got Everton, Reading, Tottenham, Birmingham City, Brighton, West Ham, Aston Villa and bottom club Bristol City. Worth nothing that Chelsea and Manchester City both still have a game in hand over United and Arsenal. Yeah, the league's really starting to take shape now and, you know, especially the top four from the rest of the league, that's already there. But, you know, hopefully we get that game in hand and that win, you know, 29 points, three points clear. It's um, looking good for us this year already. Um, that's all for part one. Join us after this short break when we'll be back with all the news updates from Kings Meadow. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to Went to Meadow, Kings Meadow. Uh, now it's time for a news roundup from Kings Meadow and beyond. Uh, Jane, what's been happening? So first up, congratulations to G and Sam, who have both been nominated for the Asia's Choice Player of the Year Award. The draw for the semi-final of the Conti Cup was made on Sunday, so the winner of our game will play. So the winner of our game against Man City will either face West Ham or Durham at home. And the big news this week is that the FA Cup has been put on hold and will remain paused during lockdown. Emma Hayes has also said that Magda Eriksson is going to make a fantastic manager one day and coaches her with this in mind. A few interesting bits of um, news around this week. Um, Dave, feel free to pick one and sort of give us your thoughts on that. Oh uh, yeah, it's, I've heard that it's not the first time going going to Emma. If you if you're talking about highlighting one of the things that Jane said, going to Emma, how 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 people like to a lot of managers and coaches like to do that with players. They can see something within them. This they're going to take them on in future years. They do let them coach. Uh, sorry to change sports, but I was uh, reading recently an article about Tom Brady, or you know one of the most decorated quarterbacks in NFL, and uh, his previous team he'd been at for for so many years did not let him coach he's joined a new team this year Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the coach said I just let him get on with it I let him coach I let him talk things and it's funny how you you, you allow to do that with inspirational players 
so I, I really you could just imagine Emma being like that. Emma, you can just Emma's just again, you know, we can only judge on what we see. Uh, but there's just something about you just get this connection with with with, with players, and some you get your massive connections, some not so much. But Emma Hayes, there's just something about it. It's so inspirational. And you can just, I'd lo- I would love to, have, you know, be managed by or just have some sort of insight into the training ground a week, a week in in her mind. And she, I'm not surprised that she lets inspirational players like like her, like just coach and uh, have her own say and, and take it on board. Yeah, Jane, we spoke about sort of being worried about what happens when Emma leaves um, one day in the future, but maybe there's a ready-made replacement already there. Sounds good, doesn't it? Maybe that's what Emma's plan is, is to get Magda up, ready and fit. I'd be happy with that takeover. Wouldn't complain. I think Magda would do very well as a manager and a coach at one stage in her career. Yeah, you certainly see her sort of leadership qualities on the pitch and she can definitely transfer those skills to um, being a manager as well. It's got England written all over it, hasn't it? Emma Hayes and it's... It's uh, similar to uh, to the men's football years ago when obviously Hodder was nowhere as successful as, as Emma Hayes has been. But it'll be it'll be a sad day, and it depends how much you you, you support the national team because they'd be getting, which I believe is the best manager in women's football, uh, club football, especially in the UK. Uh, and it'd be a sad day. And if you can take that on and say, well, at least she's representing our country, then uh, good for her. But yeah, it would, I think that's what it's eventually leading to. We've got to win the Champions League first, though. Um, wow, yes, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the national team, um, another little bit of news, not really Chelsea-related, but Phil Neville has finally left the England job. Um, I tweeted on our account, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, Jane, you've got to keep that, why haven't you? Yeah, it's just been, it's been a long time coming. I think it got to the stage and people was just like, I know it's horrible, but we was just ready for him to go and someone else knew. Obviously, we've got a new coach. She won't be with us until after the Olympics because obviously she's with the Netherlands squad. So it is, it is going to be nice and players that haven't got a call up because... As many people know, Phil Neville was very Man City biased and loved to choose his Man City players. So it'll be nice, maybe even Hannah Blundell, to finally get a call-up she deserves. Yeah, fingers crossed. Actually, I was quite surprised that um, that Beth wrote quite a nice message to, to Phil. Um, David, does that take you by surprise? Because he gets a lot of stick for not sort of picking Bethany. Yeah, yeah, because it took him a while to to jump on the uh, the, the Bethany England uh, bandwagon, didn't it? And maybe maybe he has actually been you know good to her. She's seen a different side to him because uh, she has been in obviously more recent squads. It's funny because I've got a friend who's a chess sport in Miami who who watches uh, into Miami, and I did I sent him a tweet at the time said I'm thinking about you in this dip- difficult time when uh, Phil Neville was uh, appointed. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a hard one. He, he was, you know, they, they all, they, I even thought of a previous England manager about getting into him too much. He was very biased to a certain few players. And yeah, you're going to have your favourites. And obviously, as we maybe alluded to five minutes previous, Emma Hayes, will, if she if she eventually takes over, then she'll be, obviously have bias towards Chelsea, I hope. She's, she's too professional, so she probably won't, but... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think it's such a bad thing that, that Phil has gone. You know, he he, he 
he bought a trophy for She Believes Cup. That's the first time they'd ever won it. So, you know, he did okay. He did, they did all right in the World Cup. Uh, I'm always, you know, when England play USA, I just sit back. I sit on the fence. I don't, I don't choose a side. And whoever progresses, then, you know, I take it on them. But I, I thought they could have done better against USA. But I wasn't obviously too disappointed either way. Yeah, I'm sure um, not just Chelsea fans rejoiced at that news. Um, let's move on to the transfer roundup. And we've actually got some transfer news, um, which makes a nice change for us. Um, Emily Murphy has joined Birmingham City on loan for the rest of the season, joining up with Jamie Lee Napier. Um, what we'll do from now on, we'll give you a little loan update on how the, the girls are getting on. Um, they both played in a nil-nil draw with Brighton this weekend. Uh, Jamie got the full 90 and Emily got 68 minutes before she was taken off. Um, so Emma Shaw would be pleased that they're getting some minutes as well. Um, another story broke at the end of last week um, about Maria Forrestotter joining Manchester United on loan, uh, not on loan, but as a permanent transfer. Um, Dane, allowing a player to join the rival is never a good idea, is it? No, no. Uh, obviously, yeah, I was, I was thinking about this earlier and I'm thinking where... Where if you if you base it on how many teams are in the league and how many of them are rivals, it eventually you know you notice that certain players do do circles and you know I was just looking through stats of of of, of all the women's teams, you know I've watched and how many have played for you know in America how many have played for Chelsea and you are going to get the you are going to get this I'm afraid. Uh, She's a good player. So are you expecting her? Are we expecting her to go and play for a lesser team? Are we expecting her to go, you know, go abroad and play for maybe a team in France? Oh, yeah, it's uh, if you think her calibre of a player, it's, it's either got to be Man United, Man City or Arsenal. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you can't you can't hide the fact these things happen. And I think Emma is too professional and too nice to say no a bit like obviously the men's did with with with, with check going to arsenal i think some, sometimes you're just you know you are the better people and you say if that's what you want then then good luck to you but you you're right you will be strengthening a rival jane some people were talking online about chelsea Bayern defender before this news broke uh, emma sort of said that there's not really anyone coming in um one just one leaving which we believe to be forest otter um do you think actually there's someone lined up to come in to replace her in the squad? Because the defences in the area are not amazingly overstrength in, in depth there. Um, I don't think we will see anyone else sign. I'm hoping maybe some of the players may renew their contract to her in defence. I think Hannah's Hannah and Jess, I think, are up in the uh, like ending the summer. So I'm hoping maybe they'll we'll see us them re-signing. Instead of just uh, instead of signing a new player, yeah, it's going to be um, an interesting one to watch how that plays out over this week. I think, and obviously we'll have the news next week on, on what happens there. Um, that's all for part two. But before we go to a break, we've got some of our parish notices to get through. Um, remember that we joined YouTube. We had our first week last week, um, twenty five subscribers now. So um, make sure you join that list. Remember when we get to hundred. I'll buy the third shirt with Cuppa on the back. Um, that's a promise. I'm sure Dane will help us get to that 100 number. Are you um, going to give the shirt away, though, or are you just going to buy it for yourself? Just for myself. But, oh, um, okay, friend. <laughs> it's like an excuse to buy it. <laughs> okay. Um, just head to YouTube, search for Went to Mo Kings Meadow, and hit, hit subscribe. Um, we'll have four videos this week. Um, the United Review, City Preview, News Update, and the Bristol City Preview. 
Um, don't forget, we've got our own Discord channel as well. Um, Discord is the perfect place for match day discussions and to be involved in the Chelsea FC women's community. Uh, make sure you download the Discord app, search for Went to Mo Kings Meadow and hit join. Um, there's quite a few members in there already and it, it's good fun chatting on match days and when you know, news breaks as well. A reminder to follow both the men's and the women's team to check out the main Chelsea Fancast show. Um, I was on it yesterday, uh, Dane's on it next week as well. So if you want to hear more of us, you know, definitely check them out. <laughs> um, we also have a Patreon account where you can help support the shows financially. Um, if you head to www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Um, if you can and would like to help support the shows, then, you know, we'd love you to do so. But there's no obligation. Um, as Chuchas, we love you either way. Um, also, we want as many people talking about this wonderful team as possible. So um, make sure you check out and listen to London is Blue, who featured a women's team in special episodes. Uh, the guys at 195 who do game reviews as well. And the only other podcast that we know about that talks exclusively about this team, um, which is Franz Fight Club. Um, if you think there's someone that should be on this list, just let me know. And we can spread the word about you know, your podcast and your websites as well. Uh, and don't forget to check out the Chelsea Women Supports Group on Facebook and Twitter. The more support was involved there, the better for everyone. Uh, join us after this short break for part three. Real fans, real opinions. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. Welcome back to part three of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. It's time now to preview our Conti Cup final tie with Manchester City tomorrow night. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to say a big thank you to the Manchester City Women Supporters Group uh, for giving me some information about the team ahead of this game. You can find them on Twitter at mcwfc underscore osc. Um, now, Manchester City are basically the women's version of their men's team. Um, they like to have the ball, they like to play it from the back. Their full packs push on and they are stacked in midfield with great quality. Um, they now record away at City is a great, so this is going to be a really tough tie, isn't it? Yeah, if I can remember, I can't remember us losing. I can remember a lot of draws, a 2 2, a 3 3. Uh, you know, it's a nice pitch. They plan that, 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 yeah, they're grounded like trend ground right next to the, uh, the men's stadium. I, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, as I said, you know, I'm a big fan of Rose Lavelle, uh, centre midfield for Man City. Again, she hasn't been playing much. The other Americans have been playing more. Sam Mewers, who's, uh, oh no, no, she played for America last night, scored two. So I wonder if she'll be, no, no, so she isn't, no, so she won't be there. Uh, I think yeah, you've got to look at uh, you know, Emma's probably going to do a bit of squad rotation. Uh, it'll be hard because you know, internationals. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I I can see us scraping two one. I can see probably Beth England playing, and she likes a goal against Man City. Uh, it will be tough, but I, I can see us winning there. Yeah, so in their recent game against Aston Villa, City had a number of players that were still isolating after um, their summer holiday to Dubai. Um, oh, sh- they're all at different stages of their sort of comeback and in fact the sports group told me that they're just excited to see what team they pick as we are because they've got no idea which players are coming back and when um, they do however have Lauren Hemp back from injury and she by all accounts is firing on all cylinders um, and new signing Chloe Kelly has slotted into the team well 
And of course, they got experience in the likes of Jill Scott and, and Karen Barsley. Um, Jane, Emma said the United were the best team we faced this year. Um, does that change after tomorrow night's game? I think I think it's a tough one. Obviously, tomorrow's game is getting us back to that Conti Cup final. And obviously, we do want to keep the trophy that we managed to win last year. But then, in some ways, obviously, United was very important because obviously that could be a winning game for us to win the league. So it is very, it could go, they are both very important games. Yeah, I think you would say the winner of this game sort of can take the cup home, so to speak. You know, the not really, there's no, no other big yeah, team left in this competition. So obviously after this, we'll either play Durham or West Ham. And I think if we get through, we've obviously got a reasonable chance in progressing. You've got Bristol... I can't even think of their tie. Bristol will either play Leicester or... I think they're just playing Leicester. I think they're I think all it... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is a... yeah, it is just Leicester. So, obviously, you've got Bristol and Leicester. So, really, that should be an easy game. Like, either one of them teams then progress. It's going to be an easy enough game to get the win out of. Yeah, let's look now at how Chelsea will sort of set up for this one. Um, you know, personally, I'll just go full strength as we've got sort of an easier fixture, so to speak, at the weekend, and we can sort of rotate the squad a bit more. And you know, like we said, the winner of this game wins the cup. You know, it is sort of black and white like that. Um, Dane, do you agree, or would you sort of rotate and keep freshness in the league as well? Oh, so I was just checking quickly. Yeah, both the American girls were playing last night, so they're not involved for Man City. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I would, I would, uh, you know, while the kettle is boiling, maybe one or two, maybe bring Hannah in uh, to play. You know, you can if you you can change one or two, but you're you're, you're still keeping the momentum going. Uh, you might be able to have maybe a rest or put on the bench one of. Kirby or harder, just so you've got something to go to come on and uh, give you that boost. If you are in a bit of a sticky patch, I'd change, yeah, one or two, but like you, I would play a, a strength, a full strength team. Uh, like you said, we, we're a weaker opposition at, at the weekend. And if you get through this game, then you know, you've got to be favourites for the cup. Yeah, now we've had issues recently with teams sort of attacking our fullback areas and sort of overloading us in those areas. Um, Jane, would you go more defensive in order to counter that threat or do you use our attacking talents to sort of limit Manchester City's attacking instincts? I think it's a tough one. Obviously, I think we do need the defence there. Like City have got the players like Chloe Kelly and Lauren Hemp that have been playing brilliantly the last few games and they're two of the players to watch out for. But then obviously we need a strong attacking lineup as well to obviously be able to score, to score the goal. So I think I think Emma should stick to the similar lineup she played Sunday. I think that was a very strong squad. Maybe start the likes of Peniel and Beth just so they get the, their, their play time and hopefully get some goals in. So I'll make my 11 now and then I'll just let you two sort of add or take away the players that you sort of don't want in your team. Um <laughs> So personally, I think City are going to go big for this competition because they are sort of slacking not too far behind, but they are behind us in the league. So this is a chance for silverware for them as well. Let's not forget that. Um, so I'd go sort of 4-5-1 slash 4-3-3. Uh, Berger in goal, Mielder, Bright, Eriksen, Anderson in defence. 
Ingle at the base of the midfield with Kirby, Leopold, Cuthbert and Wrighton in the midfield four in front of her. And then leave Sam Kerr up front alone, you know, get her sort of pace. You're going to need willing runners in that midfield. Leopold and Cuthbert do that. You know, Kirby and Wrighton do that as well for the wings. They can get up and down and support Kerr as well because they've got great pace um, to get behind. Um, Jane, your thoughts on that team and who would you sort of take out and put in? Um, I think the only difference I would make is maybe take out either Guru or Sophie and put in either Peniel or Beth up front with Sam, but the rest of it I'd keep the same. I think even the team you've named, I think it is a strong enough team and I think we would do well if Emma started them 11. Yeah, Dane, how about you? Would you sort of like Django 4-4-2 or stick with a sort of more defence-minded team away away City? Is is Hannah Blundell fit? Is she is she available? Yeah, she's back. Yet. I would I would I would consider putting her in there because she, on her day she is she is a you know a first teamer you know she should be she can get in there so I'd think of she I reckon you know she can play left or right back her uh, I'd think about trying to put her in there somewhere just to keep that fitness going and you, she's not going to let you down she's a she's a superb player similar to. To Jane, did did you say you'd have Beth up front, Beth England? Yeah, either Beth yeah. or Peniel. I think I think similar to so if I'm going to go with both of you, like Dean said, you know when you haven't got the ball four five one, when you have got the ball four three three, I'd have Beth England up front. She does a lot of the dirty work that strikers don't get a lot of credit for, and then you'd have the uh, the pace just running off her of Kirby. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll put Kerr on the bench because I said sometimes you need one of them to come on if you are in a tight situation just to give you that uh, spurt. So that was, I suppose, so Peniel and Kirby backing up. Backing up Beth England, yeah. So I'd make two changes to that team. But then you, you then that'd be leaving Ingle out again, who, gosh, she does, she, you know, she's another very good player. And I know she balances it well, Emma, but you've got to then balance it well by giving them a chance and maybe free free changes and getting maybe Ingle in there because she can she can do a job like Lou Polch, you know, a very good job where she's putting out fires and uh, pressing and and just like hassling the the Man City midfield. So it's a risk making free changes, but I think that's what I would I would go with because they're all quality players. The quality players coming in there, not as if they're reserves and you're just trying to keep them happy. Yeah, as we always say, Jane, you know, no matter who sort of ever picks, there's the quality there to be a starter in any team in this league. So, you know, a fantastic problem to have. Um, let's get our predictions out. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 to Chelsea because I want us to win, but you have a very close game. Uh, Jane, yours? Um, I'm either going to say 2-1 or 3-1 to Chelsea. I think City will have those opportunities they may score more than one. I'm hoping it's either one or nothing. So, yeah, either 2-1 or a 3-1 win. Uh, Dane, how about you? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm intrigued to see what Team City do put out uh, because, as you said, when you got, got in contact with their supporters club and they let you know that they, they, well, they didn't know what, what, what team was coming out. I'm going to go with, uh, like Jane, maybe a 3-1 or maybe a 2-0 where it's a little bit tight a 1-0 to us or a 2-1 to us and then we break and, and score the third or score the second to make it either 2-0 or 3-1. So I think in the end it will be uh, not maybe not as comfortable as, as the game was against Man United, but the score-wise will, will make it seem a little bit more comfortable. 
Covering all angles, then you know, don't. Um, <laughs> trademark of yours, that. Well, I think we'll, I, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll win by two clear goals. Then two nil or three one. Uh, sounds good. Right, let's move on to Bristol City now. Um, so before we get started, another thank you this week um, to the Brixel, uh, Bristol City Vixen Cast for their insight into the team ahead of this game. Uh, you can find all their work at www linktr.ee forward slash bc vixencast um, either Jade and myself will be giving a match review to them after the game on Sunday so make sure you check that out and, and hear what we've got to say about the, about the game uh, but Jane, run us through the vital information ahead of this time Bristol City currently sit bottom of the WSL on two points they've played 11, 1-0 drawn 2 and lost 9 a goal difference of minus 43 in their last five games they've lost four and drawn one that draw come in against Reading their first game of their first game of 2021 was a 4-0 defeat to Everton against the big teams they've lost 3-1 to Arsenal 6-1 to United and 8-1 to City we beat them 9-0 at Kings Meadow early in the, earlier in the season in this fixture last season we won 4-0 now Jay we spoke on this show about a league of haves and haves not and Bristol are certainly a team of have nots um, this should be a walkover shouldn't it? Um, it should be but you never know what could happen obviously they've lost quite like they've had quite big score lines against the big teams obviously City's team was to do with like Covid they tried to postpone the game so I think they were unlucky to lose 8-1 because really they should have played it when they had a full team, but we should have an easy enough win Sunday. Yeah, I felt sort of sorry for them this year a bit with their sort of they've been hit by COVID quite hard and not had the um, support of the FA because they're not Manchester City or Arsenal or Manchester United. Um, Bristol are a team that play counter attacking football under their manager Tanya Oxby, but she's currently away from the team. She's um, due to have a baby this March. Um, congratulations to her. Um, former West Ham manager Matt Beard has actually taken over till the end of the season. Um, Dane, do you think we'll see a change in style or will Matt sort of be limited to what he can do with his team? Yeah, uh, so, well, as you know, without us sounding too biased, he's, he, he's putting uh, his team up against the best team in, 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 in England and in the league in Chelsea. Uh, you've got to wonder how many changes we will make. I wouldn't go too much. Again, you don't want to get too complacent. You could probably go with a good five changes. You protect people, maybe like Millie Bryant, you know, the way certain players play, it's quite heavy and uh, hard on their bodies. So when you can give them rest, you you do. Uh, yeah, it'll be hard because, you know, we've got goals from all angles, you know, all the just talking about those four potential forwards we could have in Kerr, uh, Beth England, Kirby, and harder, it's it'll be hard for them. It would be interesting how they set up. If they set up defensive, then I'm sure we'll find a way through. They try to counterattack us, then we could, if we if if we beat that counterattack and that press, and then we're counterattacking them, then they're in trouble. It's uh, it's going to be hard for him. Uh, I don't wish him any luck, obviously, and I just hope we get over this obstacle. You know, don't go into it thinking too much. Three points, get in, get out, and uh, carry on for our league title surge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jane, this does present an opportunity to have to rotate this squad a bit. Um, you know, a lot of fixtures coming up. How many changes do you see coming to the sort of mainstay 11? I think we're going to see quite a lot. I'm hoping Carly might get an opportunity in goal 
Um, the likes of Neve Charles, Jesse Fleming, Charlotte Fleming, all to maybe get a start or appearances, just because of the obviously the team we're playing is not the strongest team. So it will be good to obviously give our not as experienced players the opportunity to play. So maybe about three or four changes. Now, Dane, one player we haven't seen too much of um, is Beth England. We spoke about her uh, in the Man City preview. Um, she had a fantastic year last year. She seems to sort of lost her place in this team to the likes of Kerr Harder and, and Kirby. Um, do you think this is a great opportunity for her to sort of show Emma why, what she can do and why she should be in this team? Yeah, this is a great opportunity. Obviously, I don't know if we was if we was talking on on earlier on in the show or off the air, but how well Emma Emma Hayes uh, balances up and keeps everyone happy, balances the squad because no one ever looks disgruntled, no one ever looks like moody. Uh, and it will be a great opportunity. So we're obviously how we was talking. So she could easily get her two games now because we was off. We, me and Jane put her in against Man City. So then should be playing. We're putting her in against Bristol. So yes, this is a window and it is a good opportunity. Not that we need any convincing of how of how good she is or her qualities, but you know if she bangs in a good two, three, four goals over the next two games or even two goals, you know, a goal in both. And Emma's gonna Emma will take notice, and then she'll have to find a way of balancing up again for the for the game after Bristol. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, Bristol City are without Carla Humphrey and Sophie Bagley, um, who both tested positive for coronavirus. Um, so hopefully a speedy recovery for those two. Um, they do have Amy Palmer back, who um, she sits in front of the defence. She breaks up the play, and she can play a killer pass forward. And up front they got Emily Ebony Salmon, who has been making ways thanks to her power, pace, and clinical finishing. Um, we should, however, have enough quality to sort of deal with that threat and, and, and win this game, shouldn't we, Jane? I think, yeah, we've got nothing to worry about, really. I think it will be quite easy to get the win and we're not going to have to put... I think it's come quite well with, obviously, the big game against United Sunday, then we've had City and then we'll go into Bristol. I think it is... I think it's handy that we've got a not-so competitive game on Sunday just so it helps us out helps us break our games up a little bit more yeah absolutely um, Dane you know that when a team sits deep and tries to be you know stifling you know sort of a block of four and a block of five finding space in between lines is, is very important um, luckily we've got a player called G who's magic um, she could be very important in this game and in fact the Vixen cast highlighted her as our biggest threat do you think she should be sort of rested for City for this game, sort of to use her talents in between the, in the lines? Depends who you then put in her place against City uh, and how fit she is. You know, obviously we don't know, again, going back to what goes on behind closed doors, how fit people are. You know, some players don't train a lot. Some train at 110 miles per hour. Uh, yeah, it all depends. Yeah, it depends how, how, how high our line is as well, because obviously... Going back to the Sunday game, United got in a few times in the first half, but clearly in the second half, we had dropped a little bit deeper because when Lauren James came on, I was worried that she would get in more behind our, our back and be more dangerous than Kristen Press was because Kristen Press hasn't looked very good since she signed for United. In this case against Bristol City, if uh, it depends how much we push up the field. Obviously, you mentioned the Bristol City forward, very, very pacey, could get in behind us. And sometimes our defence is not, you know, 
uh, turn of pace is, is is not the quickest. So I would have G in there to yeah, I'd to control the game uh, and hopefully get maybe get to half time. Fingers crossed a couple of goals up and then if you want to rest her, then you've got that lovely luxury. Yeah, so same as Man City, I'll throw a formation at you in the team and then let you sort of pick it apart or just agree with me. So this um, is hard because it, it, I, I hope this depends on if we beat Man City. <laughs> so assuming that we we beat Man City well, we played well, <laughs> um, I'm thinking change as much as we can. Um, 4 2 3 1. Telford in goal, Blundell, Ingall, Eriksson and Carter in defence. Uh, Jesse Fleming and Drew Spence in the midfield. Um, Neem Charles, G and Wrighton behind Bethany England in attack. Um, Dane, what's your thoughts on that sort of team? Yeah, again, so I've mentioned a few players who, 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 we, who we believe could get into a lot of the other women's teams. And yeah, again, Wrighton as well. She's another one who, who's, who's a, you know... A, a first teamer who who has found herself not obviously not making that 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 eleven a lot this season, and she's a quality player. And I didn't obviously yeah she slipped my mind. I didn't put her in against Man City, and I think to an to an extent she deserves to show showcase uh, what she's got. Uh, yeah, I I like that. I I like that. I'd would I go bigger. Uh, again, just to try and put them out of out of pace and make substitutes. Yeah, I, I think I'd go for the six changes. I wouldn't go as many as you. Uh, and then, then the options there. Obviously, if you're comfortable after an hour, a few goals up to to then rest the important players that, like I said, that is hard on their body and 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 will need that rest. But I, I like writing in there. Yeah, now it's got me thinking about maybe if she should play against Man City though. But then we're going back on ourselves. We need to. Have- Two teams they play forty-five minutes each, and then everyone sort of gets on the pitch. Uh, Jane, what's your thoughts on that team to face Bristol, and what would be your sort of choice if you were Emma Hayes? I think out of the team you've suggested, maybe I'd maybe play Millie instead of Ericsson to give Ericsson a rest. But other than that, I think that's a very good team, and I think we'd do well with that team put out. Yeah, I picked Ericsson because. Uh, she got the rest against Reading and Bright played with Ingle. So I was giving Millie um, a weekend off to be nice to Millie as well. Um, but yeah, either one, you've got a captain there at the heart of your defence who's mm-hmm. quality. So, you know, again, as we always say, so much talent and quality in this team that, you know, although we think it's hard, it probably makes it easier to make these sort of decisions because um, you're putting in, you know, top talent. Um, predictions, for me, you know, the Figs and Carr said when we play Chelsea, it's always damage limitation. You know, I think although we're rotating, you know, they lost 4 0 to Everton and we're going levels above them. I'm going to go 7 0. Um, Dane, give us yours. Just one this well, time, no, no cheating. <laughs> I was originally going to say 5 0, but then you went 7. I'm going to push us up another goal. I'll go 6 0. Uh, and Jane, how about you? Um, I'm going to go 8. <laughs> 8 0. We've always had quite big score lines against them. We've won a couple of times six nil against them, four nil. So I think let's just go, let's just go eight and hope for the best. Yeah, looking forward to that one this weekend. Um, uh, that's all for part three. Uh, join us after this short break. We'll be back with your emails in part four. Real fans, real opinions. 
Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back to the fourth and final part of episode nine of Went to Moe Kings Meadow. Um, it's time for the emails now. Just one this week coming from Alex Sinclair. So over to you, Jane. Hi, Jane and Dean. Thank you both for starting the podcast. I look forward look forward to it every week now. I found it a real struggle to find any Chelsea women's content out there. I'd scour, I'd scour YouTube, etc. after the games to look for anything. I had to make do with the Man City women's fan channel to hear anything about Chelsea women. So because of you, I now have your podcast and Frank Herbie's Fight Club to listen to. Really enjoyed episode seven with Chelsea Pride. It was really interesting to hear some talking, someone talking about the difference between men and women's game. It was also nice having a third person on for you both to bounce off. I was so excited for the Man U game this weekend. I knew it would be a tough one, but really thought we could do it, although games like this usually, usually end in a draw. I thought the whole team was brilliant and really showed real character and that winning mentality all great teams have. When you think that some of the best players in the team are brand new and yet to fully settle, the future looks bright. I was really impressed with the way Chelsea held Man U. They've been really good this year, playing different styles and playing them well. And although they had a good few chances, we never looked phased. It was great to see two brilliant teams with two brilliant managers going at it, both wanting the win. A great advert to the women's game. Keep up the great work and up the Chelsea, Alex. Yeah, thank you, Alex, for your email. You know, we've had a few sort of comments on emails to the main show, actually. Um, you know, they're really nice to hear and they make it sort of worthwhile. Um, a great advert for the women's game, the game on Sunday. Dane, you know, the women's game is growing fast and sort of one of the reasons why we've started this show. Um, you know, it's definitely getting stronger, isn't it, the women's game? Yeah, a great email that was, and that you know, the high praise for you, for you and, and Jane, which you fully deserve. You know, you, you've taken this both on board, and you're doing really well. And I wish you all, all the all the success with a bit of luck that you deserve. So it's nice to have people praising you. Yeah, you know, the, you're an idiot if you can't look at the women's game and be impressed and and, and enjoy it. it. You know, it's a wonderful spectacle. As, as, as I said in her email, you know, two good teams went at it, two good managers, and uh, it was a great game. The, the women's football is only going to go from from strength to strength. There's a lot of money within our game. I alluded to earlier, uh, America, the American League being strong for so many years, but the money's out of it. And we're only going to see more and more stars wanting to come over here. Whether they get over here is another thing. You know, you can't fit them all in, but... Yeah, this, this, the women's game is going to go from strength to strength, which hopefully goes to the national team and we'll see England win a World Cup in years to come, as as well as Chelsea winning the Champions League, as we said. Absolutely, yeah. Um, remember, if you've got something you want to say about the team, about the show, about the latest game, you can do so by emailing us at wenttomokingsmeadow at gmail.com. Uh, those who email in the fan cast and saying how good we are, send it to me as well, because I want to read it too. <laughs> um, get them in by Tuesday lunchtime, sort of the latest or just before the show I'll check my emails and we'll read them out on the show of course um, now that's all we've got time for this week uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the Wednesday Cup game against Manchester City and the Sunday League game against Bristol City um, and also look forward to the next fixtures as well um, Jane a pleasure talking to you about this wonderful team again um, see you next week for hopefully two wins on the trot Yep, see you next week for hopefully a very good discussion about our two wins.
And Dane, you know, great to have you on. I thought you was you know fantastic as always. Um, you know, a pleasure to have you back on soon for sure. Oh yeah, thank you. Absolute pleasure again. You know, well done to you too. You deserve all the praise you get. Uh, sorry if I talk a little bit too fast when I'm enthusiastic about something. Kind of ramble on a bit, but yeah, an absolute pleasure to be on. It's hard not to get excited about this team, though. They're so good. Well, it is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at Mo Kings Meadow, me at Dean Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X. Um, Dane, what's your Twitter at? Oh, although, yeah, I don't use it a lot. I think it's just at D uh, Wit 9, which is a D, obviously, W H I double T, then the, the, the number nine. Yeah, we'll have that in the description so you can just click through to that. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at when to Mo Kings Meadow. If you search as well for at Chelsea Fancast, Dane runs that account. So if you're messaging the Instagram there, that's uh, Dane you're going to get through. So if you want to speak to him or send him lovely messages, you can do so there. Um, and I can easily forward it on to Dean as well, yeah. yeah. Um, don't forget, you can also contact the show via email, get your points heard. Um, that address is went to mokingsmeadow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, Chelsea fans from Kingsmeadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high. Podcasts, die wir lieben. Ich bin Namri Dagyab vom Achilles Running Podcast. Und hattest du dir fürs neue Jahr vorgenommen, mehr Sport zu machen, laufen gehen und so? Aber jetzt fehlt dir so ein bisschen die Motivation. Ja, dann hilft dir vielleicht der Achilles Running Podcast, deinen inneren Schweinehund zu vertreiben, wo wir jeden Freitag mit unseren Gästinnen über Sport, Gesundheit und Ernährung sprechen. Wir hatten auch schon zum Beispiel mal Luisa Dellert bei uns da oder erst vor kurzem den Paralympics-Champion Matthias Meester. Also ich schlage vor, ähm, du ziehst dir Sportklamotten an, suchst dir eine Folge vom Achilles Running Podcast aus und wirst jetzt aktiv oder einfach auf dem Sofa liegen bleiben. Ne? Finde ich auch okay. Hauptsache Podcast.